0: Hello, and welcome to this Northern Fire Podcast. The title of this message is The Names of God, King of Glory. King of Glory is the name of Jehovah Sabaoth, the Almighty, the Most High. This comes out of Psalm 24, and I'm going to read the entire psalm to you. I I love this psalm uh, and the themes that are in it. Psalm 24. The earth is Jehovah's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, for He has founded it upon the waters and established it upon the seas. Let me just pause right there. If people around you or you ever hear, "Well, the devil owns this," the devil, or this is belongs to the devil, it's not true. It says, "The earth is Jehovah's in all its fullness, the world." and those who dwell in it. The earth, the fullness of the earth, the world, and all who dwell in it belong to Jehovah." Verse 3, sorry, verse, yes, verse 3. Who may ascend unto the hill of Jehovah, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, He shall receive blessing from Jehovah and righteousness from Elohim of salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? Jehovah strong and mighty, Jehovah mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up your everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Yehovah Sabaoth, he is the king of glory. So we see here uh, that this king of glory is holy, and he lives in a holy place, and he makes us holy. This king of glory comes with salvation, and brings righteousness as a gift of his blessings. We see this King of Glory wanting to enter in, commanding and calling for doors and gates to be raised up and to be opened so that he can come in. This King of Glory says he is strong and mighty. He is mighty in battle. He's a warrior. And this Holy One, this One who wants to enter in to bring salvation and righteousness and victory. That's who the king of glory is. Now, another reference is Acts 7-2, where Stephen began his message on the day he was stoned. Stephen in Acts 7-2 says that he's the God of glory. So as we begin to think about the king of glory, let me give you three definitions from Hebrew, these Hebrew words. The first one would be king, and that is the word Melech, and it means sovereign, a ruler, and it can mean one who judges in a court. And in ancient times the kings were the judges. There, there wasn't a separate. The king was sovereign ruler and he was the ultimate judge. So the king was the um, executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. He was sovereign over the. the he was the supreme court. He made the laws, he enforced the laws, and he was the final decision. So to be sovereign is to have complete rule over everything. That's a king in in the biblical sense. Now, glory in Hebrew is kabod or kabad. And this means to be weighty, heavy. It can mean splendor, majesty. It can mean honorable. But the, the very first root of this word, word in ancient times is to be heavy, to be weighty, to have substance. So glory is to have substance and to have an ultimate substance. And even if you take it further back than that, um, it it's like a source. It's, it's a source of something. And so our king of glory is one who has substance. And if you think about it, we who dwell in this world and this earth, we think that the ultimate substance is what we can see and taste and smell and touch. And that's not true. The ultimate substance is the spiritual realm where Elohim dwells. And as he looks at us, he has the substance, and we are just a shadow. You know, the created world is just the shadow of the ultimate substance. So he's not just the sovereign over the earth realm and this world. He's the sovereign over the spiritual realm. And that takes some contemplation. That takes some thinking. It takes some searching. Jehovah, the King of Glory, sits upon a throne in a throne room. And he rules over a vast domain. He rules over an innumerable company of angels. He directs them with perfect precision. He rules over a universe that we... I mean, they said there are billions of galaxies, and it's an unlimited space, and he sees it all, and he knows it all. We can't see it. We can't know it. We're confined to what the Hubble Space Telescope can see. But Jehovah counts the number of stars. He calls each of them by name. So there's a vast realm of spirituality, a vast realm of this universe that we can't see, but he rules over uh, with a sovereign hand and a sovereign mind. King of glory. Then there's the word holy and that was in verse 3. But really verses 3 through 6 describes a holiness and what it is. And holy is the Hebrew word kadosh or kadosh. It means sacred, holy. It can mean separate, distinct, unique, set high above. Now let's consider that for a minute. Holy ultimately doesn't mean without sin. Being without sin is part of holiness. But to be truly holy is to be separate, to be distinct, unique, set high above. And first of all, our God is that. There's no other being in the universe like him. And there are no other gods like him. The other gods are either idols that men make or demons. And they're nothing like. He is separate from that. He's distinct from that. He is set high above all of that, because he is the Creator. He is the Ruler. He's the one that started all of this. So there's nothing that can be like. Him. Everything else is created. He's the uncreated. That's the holiness of Jehovah, and he is set high above. Uh, he he is so much greater. He's omnipotent, all-knowing, omniscient, uh, omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, present everywhere. And if you think about it, uh, there are almost eight billion people on planet Earth. He knows our DNA. He knows each person's voice. He knows our fingerprints. He knows the number of hairs on our head. This is a kind of knowledge that is so much higher than any created being. He is the Holy One of Israel. And, from what I read here in Psalm 24, he comes to make us holy. In that, he separates us. He makes us distinct and unique. He sets us high above. How? By our faith, hope, and love. Remember in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul said, Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. The greatest of these is love. These are not physical things. I mean, the rest of the world are physical beings. They have a soul and a body. Those of us who have faith in Yeshua Messiah, faith, hope, and love, we're separate. We're set high above the world. Not, not in a proud thing, and not that we're to lord it over people, but we are separated and set high above the world. It says in Colossians 3 that we are seated with Messiah in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 says the same thing. So, those of us who come to faith in Yeshua, who receive his Holy Spirit, Father separates us out and he seats us with himself in heavenly places. With the King of glory, the King on the throne of heaven, in his glorious place. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. He he invites us to come into his glorious place. So, that is the King of glory. Now, just some things to, to build on this. Number one, this pro- this Psalm 24 is prophesying that the King of glory would come from heaven. He would enter through ancient gates and ancient doors, come from heaven to the earth realm to defeat our enemy. Our enemy is death, our enemy is the devil, our enemy is sin, our enemy is hell and the grave. And he's prophesying here that there would come a day that he would command these gates to open and he would enter the earth realm to save us and bring us salvation and to make us holy. And we know that he did that. When Yeshua came to the earth, he became a man. Jehovah, the King of glory, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Philippians 2 says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name. Above, there's that that separateness of holiness. That at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Yeshua Messiah is Lord, to the glory of Elohim the Father. There's that word glory again. There's that honorable, the majesty, the splendor, the praise and the thanksgiving. So Elohim became a man and then He ascended into heaven after his resurrection to sit on the the throne of glory with the King of glory. Hallelujah! Let's praise him. Number two, uh, not only would he come to the earth realm through gates, but Yeshua now desires to come through the gates of our heart and dwell with us. In Psalm 141.3, it says this, Set a guard, O Yehovah, over my mouth, keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with those who work iniquity. So, these, the mouth is called a gate. And in reference there, it's also the heart has a gate. And Yeshua said this out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so it says set a guard o Jehovah over my mouth keep watch over the doors of my lips and do not incline my heart to any evil thing so he's asking Jehovah to watch his heart and watch his mouth which are gates so that he does not sin and he does not fall into evil so if you let's take that concept of our heart and our mouth being a gate or a door Yeshua is desiring to come into our heart and be the king of glory, to be the ruler over our heart and the ruler over our mouth. And we know this from Psalm 18, 21 and elsewhere. It says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it eat its fruit. In Matthew 12, Yeshua said, By your words you will be justified. By your words you will be condemned. So we want the king of glory keeping watch over the doors of our heart and our mouth so that we're not... Uh, thinking and desiring and speaking that which is Evil and will produce bad fruit in our lives so the king of glory desires to come through gates and reign and Bring victory and it's the gates of this world for salvation. It's the gate It's the gates of my heart and my mouth uh, for holiness for me to be holy and to me to manifest the glory of Yeshua when my heart is right When my mouth is right, when the king of glory is reigning in my heart and my mouth, it brings glory to Jehovah, the king of glory. Now, the third thing about this is in Psalm 100, it is written, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Enter his gates. he, he? He has gates and he has courts. He's inviting us to enter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his holy name. For Jehovah is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So, you know, it says in Ephesians 4.1, Be imitators of God as dear children. So he wants to enter through gates for a purpose. And then we can enter through gates. We can go and enter his gates... We can come up to him where he is exalted, and we do that through praise and thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Courts are the courts of the throne room, and we enter in there. So let's turn this around and say something very similar. I'm going to enter the gates of heaven. Think about that. I'm going to enter the gates of the Almighty, I'm going to enter his courts, I'm going to enter his throne room. How and with what? Praise and thanksgiving. For he is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Now, what an invitation. What an invitation. So let me, as we think about that concept of entering to the heavenly realms, as we praise Him and we thank Him. Let me read Psalm 24, 3-6 through 6 again. For there are some conditions here for us to get through those gates. Who may ascend into the hill of Jehovah, and who may stand in His holy place? Good questions. That's a holy place that we're wanting to enter into. It's the holy place of the King of glory. And who can go there? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from Yehovah and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So, those who are clean, those who are pure in heart, those who do not lift up their soul to an idol. So the question becomes, how do we get clean? How do we get pure? Well, first of all, through the blood of Yeshua, through the sacrifice of Yeshua on Calvary's cross, through the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Yeshua. We have an imparted righteousness. It says this in Romans chapter 5. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for the ungodly. Therefore, having been justified by his blood, we are saved from wrath through Messiah. So we are justified and saved through the blood of the Messiah. Now that being said, then he sends us his holy spirit to sanctify us. We are declared righteous and holy and then he makes us righteous and holy. That's how we have clean hands and a pure heart. So when we lay aside our idols, cleanse ourselves in Yeshua, then we can come into his throne room. We can enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. What a what a, what an awesome <laughs> this is good news. This is the awesomeness of our Savior. Uh, This is not just being forgiven and get to go to heaven when you die. This is today. This is every day. I can dwell and be aware of and uh, live and, and exist with Jehovah in his courtroom and praise him today and every day. And I will, and I'm hoping that you will. And then the last thing with regard to this, the idea of the King of Glory. It says in Isaiah 42:8 Isaiah 42:8 Thus says Jehovah I am Jehovah that is my name my glory I will not give to another nor my praise to graven images Let me just read that again I am Jehovah that is my name my glory I will not give to another nor my praise to graven images This goes all the way back to the fall of Satan. Satan said in his heart, in his own pride, that he would ascend to the throne and he would be like Jehovah and he would get the glory. How deceived he was, a created being, thinking that he could ascend to the place of the uncreated, the almighty, the most high. And yet, that's who we are in our pride, in our selfishness, in our own uh, delusions. We exalt ourselves, and we make ourselves the king of our own life, the sovereign over our heart and our mouth. And it doesn't go well for us when we do that. And then he says, nor my praise to graven images. And Father detests idolatry. It, it strikes at his very heart. When we take a created thing, Whether I mean, we don't worship in America today. We don't worship idols uh, but we we worship money and greed. We we worship our own body, self-centeredness. Uh, we worship pleasure, uh, food, fun, and entertainment. And uh, uh, these are the you know we are worship other people. If you think about it, we we I mean, and and I won't go into that. Um, just think for a minute. You know who who in who in our world make they they make millions and millions of dollars uh, because they have a following. (laughs) Anyway, Jehovah does not give His praise to idols, and nor should He. So here's the great desire of our Father, that we would come to salvation, that we would feed ourselves on His word, that we would humble ourselves and seek His holiness, And that we would glorify him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. So let's let that verse be our goal. Let that verse be the the very purpose of our life. You are Jehovah; That is your name. Your glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to graven images. Let's turn around and put ourselves in there. I will not glorify another, Jehovah. I will not give my praise to graven images or idols or men or anything else that's created. I will worship only the King of glory. Shalom.